This is Danny Cash, and you are watching Space Cloud. Got a space cloud, and you know that it's going I'm hanging in the space cloud with my friends, and you know it's going to be a party. We're going to shake it up, we're going to say things we shouldn't, we're going to have to delete shit for sure. Space cloud, yeah, space cloud, we're going to delete shit for sure. Welcome back, everybody. This is our 14th, 15th episode. Uh, sometimes it's hard to keep track because I'm not a mathematician. Uh, as always, I am Elliot Richardson. I'm Xavier Liska. I'm Brandon Marsden, and we are joined by special guests, actor, director, actor, director, actor, director, writer, <laughs> uh, actor, director, 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 if he can derate things, probably get it back too, honestly. Uh, the professor at Sheridan de College. De College, yeah. <laughs> professor at Sheridan D College. It's where you go to learn less. And you learn the football. <laughs> and uh, former uh, football superstar. Yeah. Mark the tombstone, the tombstone Melnick. I did play Saskatoon Hilltops one year, and my, oh, yeah? my, my nickname, uh, John Young, who uh, played for the Huskies, but I played with, uh, with him uh, in high school, he, he did nickname me Tombstone, because no one got around my end, nobody. No way. Oh. Defensive end. And I was skinny. I was skinny back then. We're skinny defensive end? How do you manage that? I was, uh, uh, I, 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 was tough. Well, yeah, you would have been tall enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I was tall, I could think, and then I and I was uh, tough as nails. Right. I used to be fit. It's like trying to get past a tree. Hey, as long as you got to the quarterback or the running back or whoever, yeah, what matters. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, uh, Mark, you. So it sounds like you, did you ever work with anybody who became big in football? Because you worked with some people who got big in acting. You ever? 
work with any any like? Uh, actually, yes. When I do, when I was on the, I had a recurring role on. A, you probably know on the Do South, which is uh, one of the most uh, popular Canadian Canadian series ever made. Um, and I didn't, I didn't. It was a recurring role, not a, um, a regular role. But I was in the most expensive uh, uh, TV show ever shot in Canada. It was it was an episode of Do South. It was a great episode. It was a great show, by the way. Paul Gross, uh, yeah, fantastic guy. It was, uh, but it was the, the one of the train and the musical ride and. Uh, um, uh, who else? Uh, I was in that one. Uh, oh, uh, no. Um, why am I so brain dead right now? Uh, you, you know, the guy, the, the, the great comedic, comedic actor. Well, he started out as a serious actor. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, sorry. Oh, Leslie yes. Nielsen was in that episode Ooh. as well. Almost everybody who was anybody was uh, my buddy Scotty Wick. Where, uh, who else? Um, Danny. <laughs> no, no, Danny wasn't in that episode, Danny Cash. But um, almost every working Canadian actor seemed uh, to be in that episode. Um, but but anyway, the, the guy who played um, the uh, the captain uh, was a former football player. And his name escapes me now, but he, he played football. You know, um, uh, I um, didn't work with. Uh, with a lot of football players, my my goal has always been to uh, to meet George Reed, uh, who was uh, um, number thirty four, one of the best running backs in the CFL ever. Right, the, the riders, of course, uh, and uh, um, yeah. Anyway, but uh, no, I, I um, I've met a few, but uh, have never. Um, Never ever worked uh, with them. I met Pinball uh, Clemens uh, a few years ago at uh, at TFC yeah. at a TFC game, and we had a nice chat. Yeah. And stuff. I think he lives in Oakville, actually. I know my mom's seen him around a few times. Yeah, yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, so. he's like a larger than life friggin' personality, though. Really, like that. Oh, he was yeah. a great guy. Great for, yeah. We were laughing. We were in the end zone and and, and uh, TFC game where um, I go to I, I go to those games with a couple friends, and you have a couple. Beers there and pinball was there and we just started talking and making jokes and laughing and we just had a great time and you, I, I told him that my nickname was tombstone and uh, he just laughed <laughs> he just, he just laughed <laughs> <laughs> uh, well maybe if you didn't uh, maybe if you kept pursuing it maybe you could have ended up in the could have been a somebody I think I could have been a contender could have been could have been contender <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, next question. My nice. next question is actually, uh, well, you're saying you're back in Saskatoon. Saskatoon. That's a bad habit of mine. I'm going to say Saskatoon. Uh, yeah, you'd, uh, it got me thinking about that. Are you a fan of the Tragically Hip? Have you heard the new... I love that. Oh, absolutely. Saskadelphia? Uh, Saskadelphia. Yeah. The uh, unreleased album. Saskadelphia. <laughs> well, you know, one of my favorite songs of theirs, and it's such a great song, is um, uh, um, uh, Paris on the Prairie. Uh, the, 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 uh, what's it called? Anyway, it's about Saskatoon. Well, it's actually about um, uh, that trial of... Uh, Wheat Kings. Yes. Yeah. 
But uh, it's it's about um, the, the Wheat Kings is referring to the jury that uh, found uh, um, again I'm brain dead the, the guy guilty. It's it's really about the murder of uh, the murder trial of um, somebody who was innocent but spent 20 years in jail uh, for a crime he didn't commit. Um, but that's what that song is about. Yeah, yeah. No, they sing a lot of. Uh, they they actually have covered a lot of like Canadian history that you wouldn't really. Yeah. Nobody. Oh, really they're heard. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. wonderful, amazing band. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Johnny Cash. You know, you know, Johnny Cash used to go fishing in Saskatchewan every summer up at Lac Lorange. His favorite. It was his favorite place to fish. Yeah. And he wrote a song. One of my favorite songs of his is uh, called "The Girl from, from Sa- the Girl in Saskatoon." And, and one of the best lines ever uh, that he wrote, uh, this is, uh, he wrote it with the, um, um, Johnny Horton. Uh, Johnny Horton and he were tra- tra- traveling, uh, touring together, and they were in Saskatchewan. They wrote a song together, The Girl, the girl in Saskatoon. Um, but uh, one of the best lines was, uh, um, I'm freezing, but I'm burning for the girl in Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thumbs up to Saskatoon winters of Saskatchewan. I'm freezing, but I'm burning for the girl in Saskatoon. Isn't, uh, isn't uh, Neil Young, isn't he also from Saskatoon? No, Neil Young's from Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. I'm trying to guess who also from Winnipeg. Um, um, the Northern Pikes uh, and uh, uh, our, our good friends, and they're from Saskatoon. Great band, really. And they started; to, they toured again well before, just before COVID. Um, yeah. Uh, Kevin McDonald, actually, from the Kids in the Hall. I met him not long ago, and he was living in Winnipeg. Have you ever interacted with him? No, uh, no. But Dave Foley is a friend. Dave, uh, uh, yeah, uh, he used to live not too far from us in South Etobicoke uh, when before he uh, moved to LA. Uh, good guy, great guy. But he's he's one of the um, uh, of the kids in the hall that I, I know quite yeah, well. Yeah, he's doing. He's like the most famous. Well, the one doing most most well off, definitely. Um, well, you know, when you go to the states, it's a different ball game, and he did, and he had a couple of series there, and yeah, so he's. He's doing. He's doing all right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, like, how many projects have you, have you um, been a part of, or like, collaborated on, collaborated on with former students? Oh God! You mean uh, at Sheridan or outside of Sheridan? In general. So, like, sh- students from like um, like your Sheridan prep days, or like your White Oaks days, the Bad Oaksville High School. Um. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the mo- I mean. Uh, I, I oversee projects uh, uh, at or I did when I was um, the head of the program at Sheridan, and and so you know you, you have your little finger in in the, the pie there, but it's they're all student run. I just uh, am there to sort of uh, cause trouble, I guess, the, uh, or or actually to put out fires. Um, I've done, I, I can't count how many uh, how many projects I've done. I guess the most recent professional one, of course, uh, was um, Middle Aged uh, with former student Jerry. All. Uh, I've done a few other ones in the past. Uh, Brandon McGibbon, another really good actor from uh, White Oaks, who's making his way professionally. Or not making his way. He's uh, he's an outstanding, uh, well-known actor in Canada. Um, but um, and you know. Uh, 
yeah, I, I can't say. I've, I've been involved in a lot of productions and had students involved with them. I used to direct the Winter Fair show uh, every um, every year at the Royal Winter Fair, where I do a show about food safety. Uh, that I I would I wrote a few different ones over the years, um, and uh, so I always hired shared my my students to do that, and I've had outstanding uh, people involved. Uh, the last one I did, I thought, you know, I can't top this, and I. I, um, I, 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 that was, uh, I forget how many years ago now, but J.J. Uh, Wilde was part of that show, who's uh, now nominated for Juno. I don't know if, if anyone doesn't know who Juno, her actual name is uh, Jillian Dowding, but um, and she was in the prep program. She's an amazing pop star now. Uh, and she you know, you know probably for best. J.J. Yeah. Wilde, if you, if you don't know who she is, uh, you know, look her up. She's amazing. Um, anyway, so over the Nikki Lawrence uh, uh, was in the very first one I did. Uh, um, I, I yeah, I I don't know how. I think I did five or six uh, before I decided, um, and then I was going to get back into it, uh, and then of course something happened, and I just. Um, uh, you know uh, the the uh, accident, so I I, uh, I sort of pulled myself out of doing anything for a number of years, and I just the last few years I'm just getting back into a semi-normal sort of life. So, mm-hmm. well, as semi-normal as you can get given the yeah. circumstances right now, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Semi-normal life. How about semi-charm kind of life? Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. oh, I had to do it. I had to do it. Wow. It's a good song. It's a good song. Okay. Speaking of um, speaking of songs from that time period, uh, rumor has it you have a new appreciation for the song Mbop by Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd made fun of the song. I'd only heard bits of it. And then Brandon sent me the, the, the whole thing. <laughs> I thought maybe there's a cryptic message in there with a, a you know a signal where to find hidden gold or something. Who knows what Brandon does? But <laughs> uh, so I listened to it and I thought this is a pretty good song. You know, I, I wouldn't go out and buy it, but but it's, it was a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, pop song. It's pretty well made for a bunch of like I don't know. It's probably yeah, they, were ten or something. I don't know. They're something kids. like that, yeah. They yeah, they were kids. Yeah. It's, it's like a really kids. catchy song. Very catchy, very catchy. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they made it that way, obviously. The they had to. Like, I mean... Okay, Umbop for crying out loud, yeah. It's Umbop. God's <laughs> six. It's going to take over the nation again. Absolutely. I'll make it happen. Um, we just had uh, your boy Danny Cash on last night. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just, golf, just golfed with him last week. Oh, no yeah, way. I saw your, uh, your post. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you and him and... Uh, Lubomir, who, yeah. see, uh, Lubomir uh, taught in the program uh, before uh, Danny. So when Lubomir retired, uh, when he was 70, um, uh, uh, hired Danny um, uh, to replace Lubomir. Uh, Lubomir, uh, uh, I guess he did the program for about 10 years, uh, doing the acting classes. He's, he's a great actor. I actually used him this year, not live, but he was in the, the, the production, the original production of the um, um, paper, uh, paper Wheat, which was a a famous um, devised piece. So I showed the students that because we did devise, we've changed the final projects and this because it was uh, online this year, they, we did devise projects where
where they interviewed people and then created their own shows. And that's what um, uh, Paper Week was all about. Uh, um, and uh, it, it was a huge uh, international hit. And Lubomir was really one of the key players in that. So uh, uh, I got to show the students him as an actor, uh, even though they didn't get to meet him when he was in his 30s, when he was uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the most sought-after actors in Canada. Yeah, I always felt like I always felt that was like kind of the coolest part of like prep is like you like bringing in people that you're like connected with, and then like we're all kind of just just students like starting our own way, and then we're meeting kind of like these these people that are like it's kind of a bit like in a way it's a bit like even if you didn't know who they were and you kind of found out what they were in and they were all in, like it's kind of a bit like awe striking in a way like I used to bring in a lot of great uh, people um, over over the different different people over the years, uh, uh, you know, um, from uh, different uh, film and television projects and stuff. Everyone from Paul Gross to uh, um, Mark Breslin, who still uh, um, uh, was coming in. uh, 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 But but now, you know, I bring in a lot of times the former students who are in the industry now, uh, like Jerry Hall or J.J. Wild or uh, Nikki Lawrence, uh, because because they're, they're making their way, and they've done outstanding things. So I want students to see what's next for them, what's possible for them. Um, you know, so so I, I and I enjoy that. Uh, as you guys know, I really um, uh, like to promote uh, student my students' work and and, uh, and promote Canadian uh, uh, theater as well. So um, it just it, it means the world to me when I see students doing really well. I mean that's. That's gold. That's just gold. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, like, uh, I don't know how, like, do you you feel like some sort of, like, uh, a sense of accomplishment or something when you, like, people that you, like, kind of saw from the ground and now they're coming back to you and they're kind of, like, they've reached heights that, like... Well, it's joy. It's just a sense of joy uh, because uh, um, uh, I'm just, yeah, it's just joy more than accomplishment. I I don't really think of things uh, that way so much because it's just, you know, you do what you're supposed to do uh, and you try and do the best you can. You make mistakes. Of course, everyone does. Um, But um, you you try your best to to, um, bring out the best in in, uh, people and give them just the tools to create their own opportunities which is what the prep program was there for, really, uh, to, to try and give students the tools to make their way in the industry and understand the industry so they can maneuver their way into success uh, in one way or another. Uh, and the thing is, I mean, and that's what, you know, I, I mean, the, the people who have made the way a lot aren't musical theater-bound people uh, as much as they are people that had other interests. Yeah, as you know, in the prep, it's, it's this whole spectrum and, uh, and a rainbow of different types of people come in the program with different interests um, you know uh, so there's people uh, like you Brandon and who's, who are interested in comedy uh, by the way this is you, I, I don't know if you remember this let me list this is the, the first thing uh, the first time I knew you were really funny um, remember we were on strike uh, and yeah. we came back from the strike and uh, everyone was worried about what was going to happen and I thought I said to the associate dean at the time I said okay, can I just buy them pizza so they just feel welcome and, and so 
when I mentioned uh, that to the class and I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to order pizza and we're going to do this and that. We want to bond with it. And, uh, and I remember Brandon saying, you had me at pizza. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. God. Yeah, really. You had me at pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you had me at pizza. Oh, honestly, no. I mean, the prep, uh, prep for me, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I just can't, like, I, I, I remember I, I like, I, I already had an interest in, in, uh, like, performing and, like, being creative and stuff, and, and then when I got out of high school, I, I, uh, remember I applied to a couple programs and, uh, didn't end up getting in, and then, uh, was like kind of lost with my life so I ended up joining the military and then I was like oh well now this is a whole new adventure and maybe this is what I want to do with my life and then uh, kind of on a whim like I remember like uh, I was talking to my mom in the kitchen one day and she's like oh I went to like Sheridan in, in the 80s and actually my aunt her sister her, she did musical theater um, I think Oh, I don't even want to know the years. It was a while ago, but she's like, you should check it out. And then it was like the last day to apply to prep. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Let's give this a whirl. And then, yeah, kind of been going at it ever since, really. It was kind of pursuing more and more. And yeah, it's, it was, for me, it was like prep was like an awakening, kind of a... a, a yeah, kind of like a rejuvenation of, of what I've always been interested in doing. So, yeah. Right, yeah. So, middle range. Yeah. That was, uh, I remember when I came and uh, I came and watched that and, and taped it for you. I was like, you know, it's called middle range. And I was like, ah, it's about like middle age, like jokes. And I'm not going to like this. And then, I was like, no, oh, this is <laughs> he's having a hard time holding the camera still laughing. Like <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. It was very funny. Like, very funny. funny, funny people. Very talented people, that's for sure. Yeah, it gave me a new perspective on Gary, that's for sure. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> he is I didn't give him the credit he deserved before yeah. that. He's a great comedy writer. Um, uh, and uh, no, you guys won't remember Mad TV, but he was a writer for Mad TV. Oh, oh yeah. I, I saw a little bit of oh, Mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember Mad TV. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that was, that wasn't too long ago. That was like early 2000s. Um, yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Mad TV. Wow. We're not that young, Mark. Well, no, I, I think when he was a part of it, it was in the original Inception, which was uh, back in the 90s. Yeah, oh, I see. I think it debuted in, in 95, actually. Yeah. Is that right? 95? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to look that up. You know, that's, that's 26 years ago now. Jeez. <laughs> Don't make me think about that. <laughs> I got two years on you, man. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I just finished celebrating uh, the, f the 40 years since my very first uh, teaching uh, job. Um, Congratulations. Uh, 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. 
that's congratulations Mark. probably doesn't seem like that long huh? well yeah. no i mean you, you'll you'll find this out when uh, you get older how it just uh it just flies by um but uh, i mean it seems like a whole century ago in some ways and in some ways it seems like yesterday so oh i'm fastly approaching 30 and i'm already like freaked out about that i, I can't even imagine like 30 is nothing you know uh the, the most uh, uh, i don't know if i ever told you guys this story but the most uh, depressing birthday for me was 20 uh, because you end up uh, not being a teenager, and I was and I was hitchhiking. I was I took uh, hitchhiking around the world, and I was in Australia and uh, alone, and uh, played a happy birthday uh, to myself on my harmonica, sitting on the road in the middle of the Australian desert. Uh, wait, and so I was just depressed and sad that here I'm 20 and I'm all alone and uh, in a foreign country, and I'm old. Jeez, that, that's that's kind of a scary. <laughs> Especially the Australian desert. Oh, you! Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. Imagine yeah. that. That's full of like the world's deadliest creatures. And, uh, um, well, I'll tell you, you know, I was hitchhiking across. I, I spent the the night, and um, I don't want to digress too much, but I was in. Uh, I got dropped off in Cloncurry, a little town uh, in the in the middle of uh, uh, Queensland, uh, and um, it was hot and dry. And um, then I left, and I got. Uh, they called ranch their stations so I this I got picked up by a guy on an Australian station owner and he says well I'm turning up ahead there mate can't give you a ride too far but I'll give you a ride a few clicks down the road there so I, so I go down the uh, I get it in right and then he drops me off and there's no traffic on, on this road because it's uh, in across the outback in Australia and I was stuck there for almost five hours and uh, I didn't have water, didn't have anything, and it was and it, and it was a turnoff to his, so in his station where it was about twenty miles away. So I, yeah, there was nowhere to go. Well, but a truck came along, picked me up, and. Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, as soon as I he stopped and I got in, and he goes, "Thirsty, mate," and uh, he cracked, cracks open a can of beer because it, it was it's legal to drink uh, in Australia as long as you're not driving in the vehicle, and that was the best beer I've ever had in my life. A nice cold <laughs> beer after being five hours in this desert, no trees, nothing, just heat. So wow, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, huh? you, no, you, I, I, started, I got. I got a million stories, so <laughs> good. It's I like a, stories. So do I. Hitchhiking in the Australian outback. Are you familiar with the Wolf Creek movies? <laughs> no. What? You don't know the Wolf Creek movies? It's based off the. Um, it's based off that uh, Australian serial killer who picked up. Uh, he picked up hitchhikers uh, backpacking in the Australian outback, and he would just uh, kill them. Uh, that, was like, that was in like that was like during the eighties. Was that when you were doing? No, I, I was there in nineteen seventy. I spent the whole year in nineteen seventy-five. I hitchhiked around the whole country, actually. Okay, well, picking up work whenever I could. Uh, yeah, the whole I spent thirteen months there, um, uh, and I had a friend in Wollongong, so I uh, I spent both Christmases. I, I arrived just before Christmas uh, in seventy-four and left end of January seventy-six. 
um, to go back to London, uh, and then, or I was actually I went back to Greece, and Europe, and did the. I uh, was in Europe before then and after, and I was on the road for two years, hitchhiking around the world. Uh, left took off when I was uh, nineteen. Wow, it's like very interesting. It's like uh, like Jack Nicholson from Five Easy, easy Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to hold the chicken between your knees. Spot <laughs> <laughs> on. Jesus. One of my favorite. You got toast. That's one of my favorite uh, f- favorite scenes in any movie is uh, Jack Nicholson and Five Easy Pieces. Oh, he's great in that. That was like uh, uh, that and. That and uh, what else? Oh, his scenes in Easy Rider. Oh yeah, great movie. Oh. Great movie. Yeah. Where he's like, they said. I, I read that the, he basically they just like Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda just made him get super high and just filmed him for like twenty minutes straight or something. <laughs> 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 he's playing a practical joke on him and then put it in the movie. Wow. It was like that's. I don't think they do stuff like that anymore. No, know. not that you know of. I don't think so. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Mark, it's time for the big decision. Uh, acting in stage or film? What do you prefer? Well, here's the thing. Um, it's just stage, hands down, because it's just more fun. It's camaraderie. It's like being part of a team. Uh, you're with other people. Um, uh, I've done a lot of TV projects and films, uh, 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 and I enjoy having done it. Um, but uh, it's not, a, and sometimes you know, if you're on a set with the right people, um, you know, when I did, I did a movie called Trapped in Paradise. Um, at 30 days on it, you wouldn't even know uh, they cut out. Or, this is what happens in movies: they cut out a lot. Of, they cut out everything. They cut out all the, the best parts of the, the movie, actually, because they cut out my stuff. But, <laughs> and I was one of the FBI team, and uh, but it was fun because I was hanging out with uh, Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, and Nick Cage. Because um, oh, wow. they were the guys we were chasing, and we had all, a lot of scenes where we'd all be, as, as you probably, and if you don't know, uh, uh, most of filmmaking is waiting. Um, you know, hurry up and wait. Uh, you have to. You're just waiting for the next scene, and you get hours while they're changing things or setting up the lighting or getting the shot right and everything. So you got hours. Uh, uh, and if so, you know, we had a blast. Uh, uh, Dana Carvey, one of the funniest uh, humans I've ever met uh, and just had us in stitches all the time with all these different impressions and things so it was it was so if you get on the right film set it can be really fun and there's that camaraderie too if you're there for more than a day or two but most uh, Canadians when when those projects come along we're just day players so you just go in for uh, a couple scenes here and there you might get a few days on a film so on this one having 30 days you really got to know everyone was part of the team even though you end up on the cutting room floor, you're still part of the team. You still get paid just as much as. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, it was uh, that, that was fun. But uh, no theater and and, and comedy theater is. Uh, I mean, I the first. And one of the reasons I, I, I promote doing your own work is that's what happened um, with me when I graduated. I wrote a, a comedy review. Kim was in it. Kim Coates uh, was one of the actors in it. The first paid gig he ever got was in uh, in 
that um, that live show we did. Uh, it was called uh, Madness. Uh, and um, who else was in that that you would know? Um, uh, well, uh, John Wright, a famous, uh, great actor, but in Western Canada, theater. Uh, okay. It's a huge Vancouver, Edmonton. Uh, and, uh, uh, um, oh gosh. Anyway, I'm digressing. But uh, anyway, yeah, so yeah, live, live is better because it's immediate. Especially and with a comedy, if you get that laugh that you want, it's gold. And you're not alone, you're part of a group. Whereas, whereas stand up, if you don't get the laugh, uh, it can be yeah. really deflating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. It's, it's, yeah, it's not fun. Uh, but we don't need to go there. Uh, you just remind, you bring up a couple things that kind of clicked, uh, uh, kind of clicked some other questions for me. Uh, you mentioned Dana Carvey. Well, we're running out of time, less than 10 minutes, whatever. Uh, anyways, you mentioned Dana Carvey, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember I, I saw an, an interview, I, can't, I don't remember what it was, he was on, but actually he said that he was... Um, he said, I was, he was, he was talking about me? Yeah, he was talking about you. No, he said, uh, he said that... Um, well, apparently it's actually common knowledge now that Dr. Evil from Austin Powers, Mike Myers based that off Dana Carvey's... Um, Impression uh, of uh, uh, Warren Michaels. Yeah. So do you have do you have anything like that where like somebody stole something from you and made it more popular? Or? Oh, everything. Listen. something <laughs> <laughs> good anywhere, I did it first. That's, that's, just, the, there, that's just the rule, right? That's, that's pretty much the story of my life. I did it first. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford's whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> All me. <laughs> All me. Come on. All me. I did a I did a character in the, in the Saskatoon soaps, uh, which where I also did uh, um, uh, uh, Donald McCoover with a Scottish accent. But I did another character called Manitoba Bones, uh, uh, and it was uh, uh, an adventurer. Uh, so you tell me if uh, yeah. Manitoba uh, Bones, uh, Indiana Jones. No, I was surfing the web. I Something's thought it's starting to add up here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it, everyone, everyone borrows things from the, the scene. I remember I did when I was doing stand-up and I, uh, I did a joke uh, uh, that I wrote. And, uh, uh, and then uh, two years later, I, uh, I saw somebody else do that joke that I didn't even know. And I'm going, how would they even, they weren't there in the audience. Like, how would they even, and then you find out they knew somebody that saw the show and told them that, and then they put it in their routine. It just happens, you know, sometimes. I mean, and, and some uh, comedians like Milton Burr were famous for just stealing other people's uh, stuff uh, yeah. and doing it, to, and usually doing it better. So you know, that's the other thing: is is it stealing if they do it better? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, kind of a um, it's rebranding. Kind of a fine line there. It's a gray area. That's a gray area. But I mean, I mean, I've been around for a long time doing a lot of things, so uh, it's you know, uh, and made a lot of connections over the time. But for the most part, it's just you do it because you enjoy doing it, and you like. Uh, 
um, I'd like to be part of that team, you know. Uh, I, I probably should have been a, a baseball player. I, you know, I could have been somebody. I could have been a competitor. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I, I got into this. To, to, but as a lefty, you know, I... But I can throw, man. I can throw. So, but uh, that's another. That's another life. Okay. Yeah, we got into. Uh, how did you? Yeah, you mentioned like forty years of teaching. Like, what do you remember? Like, what's kind of. Uh, made you want to get into that? Even? Well, that's what my goal was when I was a kid for some reason. Uh, I think part of it was watching a, a, a great old TV series called Room 222. Um, yeah, you guys, it, it, there's, there is a show I'd like to get the rights uh, for and to bring it back. It was a great uh, great show about uh, teachers in inner city in New York, but it, it was just, it was funny, it was, uh, it, was it had it, uh, dealt with a lot of issues uh, that were important, uh, and it was a great show, and, may, and perhaps that influenced me. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, also, we, you know, we, we, we grew up. Quite, I grew up very poor. Um, I came from. I, we didn't even have a car in my family. We, we were quite poor. So I, uh, um, and I remember we had a boarder for a while, and he became a teacher. And his first year of teaching, uh, he made more money than my dad was making as a, a federal government employee for twenty years. So. Uh, and I thought, well, I mean, it, it, it's a good living, too, to be a teacher. So that's one of the uh, things. And that was, you know, in grade, I think in grade six or seven, I thought. But I thought I wanted to be a geography. That's one of the reasons I traveled so much, like, because I thought I'd be a geography teacher. And I always wanted to teach from experience, not a book. As you guys know from the, uh, uh, when I, when I uh, same thing when I, when I teach uh, acting or creativity uh, in the classes, you, you try to bring in experience into it so it's a reflection of reality and not what somebody else wrote in a textbook um, so yeah it's it's the most genuine way of teaching I, yeah. I mean I, I think I learned better from you than a lot of teachers I, uh, I grew up with uh, through elementary or high school because teaching from experience is just uh, there's there's another layer of reality to it that just makes a lot more sense and is more practical than just reading straight from a book. It's a re it's a reflection of reality because so many things you learn are uh, I, 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 I don't know. I guess I can sit on are bullshit. Uh, so you know you've got to understand the difference between the bullshit that's there and the things that are gonna that reflect reality. And a lot of people don't want the reality. A lot of people want that because they 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 want a safety net from a book. Uh, I was never like that. And so when I developed the program, when I started the program, that's one of the mandates and that's why I would bring in people um, like Danny or, or Lubomir who would also just be able to teach from experience and not a book. Uh, you were talking to Brandon the other day about being in a Weedabix commercial in the 90s. Yeah, because you were talking about it. Actually, two. There was a series of them, and the first one was really popular. It was my wife, uh, not my real wife, my acting wife, uh, and at the at the breakfast table. Uh, and I did, yeah, we did two of them. It was uh, uh, they were very popular, made uh, uh, and they and they brought them back. So it was actually. Um, 
It was a good gig uh, for a commercial, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you get a commercial and it plays multiple times, uh, you know, every actor every actor complains about, you know, oh, I won't do commercials until I get one. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, because most actors, it, it's not easy to get. I just lucked out. I, I got a lot of uh, commercials in the 90s. I, I, I uh, was the Benelin doctor. I was... Uh, uh, I've, I've done everything. You name a company, and I probably did a commercial for it. McDonald's. Oh, Nev Campbell and I did an Eaton's commercial. Together. Oh wow! Uh, no way! No kidding. Yeah. Uh, Nev, and she was uh, she was in Phantom at the time, and I uh, was teaching high school, and uh, she she got uh, me uh, house tickets uh, to take uh, my um, my students to see Phantom, and then gave them uh, a tour um, uh, backstage afterwards. All oh, right, incredible, pretty good deal. Yes, me. This is sweet deal. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so yeah. Um, you were just. I'm curious about uh, getting a commercial deal. Uh, how 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 did they pay you for that? Because the, a commercial would run several times. Did they pay you a flat rate for a commercial, or did they pay you a percentage? Well, I mean, actor, the union, uh, the acting union has uh, um, uh, negotiated specific deals for uh, you know everything. The, the IPA, the introduction. Independent producers, the the larger networks, uh, and a commercial agreement too. And the commercial agreement was for Canadian commercials. Uh, you got paid for the session, and usually, in my agent would always uh, negotiate double scale or more, so twice the the, the scale, which was is the, the the baseline for actors. So I get double or triple that. Uh, but the, the key was in the residuals, and in Canada, you got paid on a thirteen week cycle. So they can play it as many times as they want, but if they renew it for another cycle, then they have to pay you again. Um, and that's what would happen with, uh, with a lot of them. It, it would be, um, you know, if you played for a couple of years, we'll do the math. Every 13 weeks, you get a paycheck uh, uh, equal to your, you know, what you, what you made shooting it. Now, but in the States, was different. This is where, and I did a, a few um, uh, American commercials uh, uh, back then, too. And uh, the deal with the American ones was um, it was a different, uh, it was a different contract. And you got paid every time it played. Uh, so uh, it wasn't a 13-week cycle. If they paid it, uh, if they played it, they had to pay you. And they'd pay you according to the market. So you'd get different checks depending on the market the commercial played in. And if it was a national commercial, it played in all the major markets. So you'd get a check uh, for uh, the northeastern market, the southeast. So you'd get all these different checks for uh, where that commercial played every time. And, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't obviously, they're not going to send you a check every time it plays because Sometimes they play four and five yeah. times a day or whatever. Uh, I'm thinking of um, oh, one of the big, I did a Cadillac commercial, it was one that played a lot. But so what they do is every week they would tally up all the all the times it played and in all the different markets and then you get a check. So you'd get these checks and you'd go, oh, jeez. And sometimes it was something you forgot even did because they'd, they'd wait for it <laughs> and then they'd release it. And then so, you know, six months later you start getting these checks for something uh, that you'd done six months earlier. Right, yeah. good gay, good gay commercials, and now everybody, their pet dog, every every major actor and their pet dog wants to do commercials now, and they and they are. Um, you know, my favorite, I think, is the Skip the Dishes ones. Uh, oh, those are that. Um, yeah. He's I like very, those too, honestly. Yeah, he's very funny. What's his name? Jonathan Hamm, right? John Hamm, yeah. John yeah. Hamm. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. <laughs> good, good spots, great spots. Yeah, so. great. Uh, the shelf life of the commercial can't be very long. Like, what's the, like what's the typical shelf life? Like maybe a month or two or something? No, it depends. Well, it depends. You'd be surprised. Uh, and sometimes they play for a year, and you see commercials that do play still. Uh, uh, but there'd be some that would play for uh, a couple of years, and then some short-lived commercials that only play for one cycle uh, or two cycles. Um, so twenty-six weeks. Uh, but but most uh, yeah most would play for two or three cycles. But sometimes you got one that they'd bring back or they they played sparingly. But in Canada, it didn't matter if they played it once in that thirteen-week cycle. They had to pay them the whole fee for that thirteen weeks. Uh, so right. the, you know it was it was yeah. So that's how that works. Uh, for right. It's not it's not like uh, like. Yeah, it's not like it's uh, like a like a, a syndicated TV show or something though that you get paid royalties on or anything. Well, yeah, you do. You do. That's what I'm just. That's what I just explained. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I guess I misunderstood. Um, so either 13 in Canada, or they get paid every 13 weeks uh, if they play it at all. And in the states, they play it. Uh, you get paid every time it plays. And depending on the size of the market, is the size of the check, and you get those. And uh, uh, yeah, they go on and on. Uh, you get a lot more doing that than you do for. Uh, see, I get residual checks for for uh, like. There's a few shows that I'm in that still play now and then on different things. But those are very small checks, very, very small checks, because it's a small number of people that see it. Um, yeah. Everyone sees commercials. Uh, so, you know, you can do a TV show or you do theater. Nobody knows who you are. Uh, but, but in the 90s, it was it was bizarre. Everyone knew who I was just from, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I uh, did a common sense serial commercial that was very, very popular. And, the, and again, the Benelin doctor, there was a Benelin doctor for two years, uh, played for two years. Um, plus, um, all these other ones that I was doing uh, uh, that I would get and... Um, Everyone, uh, you, you know, oh, you're the Weedabooks guy, you're the common sense guy, you're the uh, whatever, aspirin, I did aspirin commercial, insurance companies, everything, uh, you know, whatever you did, you have to audition for it, and there's, it's much, it's very competitive auditioning for commercials, because they bring in more people uh, for, for a, um, a spot in a TV gig as a day player, or, a, you know, one of the, um, just, uh, if you have a few scenes, um, they're very limited for time and budget, so they'll bring in probably five or six actors. Uh, some of those TV shows, so it's a, it's a blessing just to get an audition. So, uh, for example, I, you know, I've done almost everything that shot in Toronto in the '90s too. You'd get a um, if you got an audition, you were thrilled because that's why I, that's why my mantra, as you guys will remember, is an audition is an opportunity to perform. To perform, yeah. And, and that you have to be grateful for that opportunity to perform because um, you know, if only uh, four or five actors, or, you know, let's say ten, let's just say ten. Uh, Actors will audition for a TV spot uh, in uh, in a show, um, um, but for a commercial, over they'll, they'll bring in they'll bring in a hundred actors. Uh, uh, so it's much more competitive to get uh, uh, difficult to get a commercial. That's why a lot of actors complain about, no, I don't want to do it because because it's just, it's too competitive. Whereas if it's if you're doing a, 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 a TV gig or a, a television show or a movie, um, they'll bring in no more than ten people. Right. Uh, and, and, and they try, what happens is the casting directors they 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 do the, they get all the. Uh, um, uh, 
you know, the, the, the submissions from the agents. They look them over, and they have to do sort of the casting in their head before they bring in people to audition. And then they'll limit them. So they'll go, yeah, okay, Mark can do that, so-and-so can do that. So let's just bring in those ten people, knowing that any one of them on a good day would do a good job in that role. Uh, and that's that's really how it works. Uh, and if they don't know you, it's hard to get those. Then the agent has to push for you. If you're a new face or something, it's very difficult to get those auditions for things because they have nothing to, to base it on. They can't go, right. oh, well, he was in this, so he could do that. You know? Right. Sp- speaking of, you, I remember, like, I remember in, uh, you told us in our training lecture that you did you said an audition is a chance to perform and you did uh, I think you were saying you were on a show I think it was I think Ben Foster was in it or something uh, Flash Forward Flash Forward yeah, yeah. Jewel State yeah Jewel State uh, good actress not too she's still but she was my daughter in a series called Flash Forward and um, uh, yeah Ben Foster was uh, her best friend and the story was the, the show was really about those two um, but yeah I played uh, sort of the goofy uh, yeah, it was a Disney dad that was a Disney show that uh, uh, right. last only one year it was it, they stopped it before it was even aired, even though it did air. It was very successful, and they talked, they wanted to bring it back, but it was uh, produced by the same people who, uh, they, they wanted something, uh, we were replaced by Lizzie McGuire, I don't know if you remember that show. Oh yeah? Oh, I remember it. She is an actress we've become, so they thought, we got to have this, uh, we, we, we have to have a vehicle for, for her, I forget the actress's name, but so anyway, Lizzie McGuire became the show that we played. Uh, flash forward <clears throat> before we anyway that's that that's the industry <laughs> would you ever exactly. uh, uh, if they asked you now to, to like rev- if they wanted to revive something you were in and they asked you to be a part of it would you go back I'd do anything. Uh, I, I'm going to get back in the industry. So I, haven't, I left the industry uh, about 10 years ago or more longer to focus on uh, on that when I was uh, heading up the prep program. Um, you know, now that I'm sort of winding down towards retirement and I stepped down from being head of the program, I have so much more time. And uh, I, I, I'm planning to get back into the industry next year as an actor. And, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I, I'll... <laughs> Uh, you 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 pay me to wait. Uh, I'll act for free, but you have to pay me to wait. And I'll I'll happy to wait for any. Because uh, that's that's what happens on set. You're sitting around waiting most of the time. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I I just like to work. I love to be on set. I love to work. I love to to per, per, to, to act. Uh, um, I'm I'm more focused on writing now, as as you guys probably know. But. Um, yeah, and directing. Uh, so, so, but yeah. you know, I, it's. I like working. I like working. Let me add one thing before you guys. Uh, well, you know, we were going to get. We're going to get. This is the sem- This year is the seventy fifth anniversary of uh, the University of Saskatchewan uh, Drama Department, and it's the oldest uh, full time drama department in North America. Um, uh, that it, it's it's you know so so it's kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, it's the oldest uh, full-time program in uh, in in, uh, in North America, and it's the seventy-fifth anniversary. 
So, uh, yeah. you got a couple of events, uh, uh, but every you know everything is going to be uh, virtual. Uh, uh, but a couple of events coming up uh, on the weekend, we're going to get uh, our classes. Uh, we're going to get together virtually, and um, I just by accident. That's not why I came to Saskatchewan. I came to Saskatchewan because uh, I hadn't been here in three summers, and um, I hadn't seen my brothers. And I've got one brother who. Um, uh, is is um, uh, uh, stage four lung cancer, so it's sort of just uh, yeah, uh, yeah, here, that's, uh, 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 and and also uh, yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, uh, well, actually, we wanted to make sure that you got to plug um, Lee's uh, uh, thing instead of us. Right, my my son uh, Lee, uh, who was in an accident uh, a few years ago. Um, and is in a wheelchair now. He's playing for the Canadian national team wheelchair basketball, which could be the best sport you've ever seen. It is such an exciting sport uh, and really, uh, really aggressive. But he's one of the top players in the world uh, now, and he's playing for the Canadian national team. And uh, let's hope that the Olympics uh, do happen because um, and, and those games will be televised. CBC will be televising that with the wheelchair basketball games. So um, yeah, cheer him on, cheer him. On, cheer Leon, uh, and enjoy the sport. It's an amazing sport. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going through with it, regardless of any sort of. Yeah, yeah that's. They're still worried that it might they might pull the plug at any time, so it's not easy on the athletes. But of course, yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think it will go yeah. on to. Uh, that would really blow if they're training for all of that and then it gets... Uh, for five years since it was, it was and, and not just them, but every athlete. Um, so, you know, they put their, their life on hold for five years uh, and if there's no alert, it's, it's devastating. Um, but let's hope, uh, I think it will, it, it's bad enough that we can't go. Uh, spectators aren't allowed uh, and so we're not going to be able to go cheer them on. We were able to go to Lima, Peru to cheer them on in the uh, Pan Am Games when they won the silver and and uh, he was he was a star uh, there. So and, and it's just it's a, that energy of having your fans there at a game. Uh, of course, um, yeah, absolutely. And there's but, sure. uh, but it is what it is. And uh, let's hope that it happens. And uh, yeah, please uh, watch uh, Canada uh, play Wilshire basketball. In, yeah, uh, let's hope they go for gold. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they could win. I mean, it's going to be a tough. But let's just hope they get a medal. If they get a medal, it'll be amazing. Hey, as yeah. long as Canada is there and they as long as they're on the podium, man. Yeah. Yeah, getting on the podium is always cool for us. Oh, it'll be it'll be amazing if they do. Yeah. Yeah. Not even just that. I'm sure just like playing like an Olympic sport in general, being part of the team, being one of the top players in the world and your country must be like a huge honor already. Oh, oh it is. And he won, well, he won, he was wheelchair basketball athlete of the year uh, last year. And he got the award. So, I mean, it, there's lots of honors, but it's it's about, you know, the, the Olympics and getting a medal. That's sort of, yeah. that's, what they, that's what they strive for. That's what they want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, Mark, we have two minutes and 45 seconds left. And what do you got in your script? We have nothing. What we want to know is <laughs> if you want to, if you have anything you'd like to plug about where people can catch you. You mentioned Middle Raged. 
get that coming out. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the one thing that, I'm, that I, I was on sabbatical the year before last. Um, I took a sabbatical, uh, which is a, a paid leave to, to do some creative work. You have to um, submit your plan. And uh, I, I wrote a play. Uh, and um, um, I don't know when it's going to be done, but I've got uh, the... Um, I got really good uh, feedback from the uh, publisher of the Sirocco Drama uh, Publishers. And uh, then um, I've got Ken Gass, who founded the Factory Theatre. He's looking at it right now uh, to direct it, uh, and we'll see what happens with that. I think it's... um, it's a, it's a play I sort of worked on earlier, and then I but I didn't finish it or didn't know where to go with it. And then the pandemic hit. So there's this um, uh, when I was in my sabbatical, I was originally going to do a uh, a play um, uh, about um, Rick Hansen and the Man in Motion tour. Um, right. He he you know circumvented. He traveled around the world in a wheelchair to raise awareness for spinal cord injury. Uh, and as a hero, I, I and, and he spoke to Lee. My, my son, after his injury, he was a great... So I went there to do that, but um, I didn't get the rights uh, to, the, to the book in time. Um, then the pandemic, pande- pandemic hit, and uh, so I wrote a play, and I, I still haven't finalized the title, but it's about life in the future after uh, the pandemic destroys everybody in the world, except for these two places where people can live, the East City and the West City. And uh, so it's, it's really a political um, satire. It's a comedy, it Dark comedy. Uh, we're very critical of uh, big farmers' influence and things. And uh, yeah. Speaking of comedy, we have 25 seconds left, and we're wondering if we could get some Scottish rap. Yes, <laughs> Scottish rap. No, no, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I have to do the whole, I guess, uh, you know, but uh, uh, I can't remember. Okay. Because uh, I need a beatbox and everything. Come on, you guys. Uh, uh, that's crap. <laughs> the beatbox. Well, I've only been here for a little while. Space cloud, space cloud odyssey. Singing in the stars in front of me. Space cloud odyssey. Space cloud, space. I don't know, man.